Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gem podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Levenbrand. I'm the managing director of Brightvision as well as host of this podcast. Today, we're going to talk with a very interesting guest, Pam Dedner. Pam is a B2B and tech marketing consultant, thought leader, speaker, and speaks at different events and conferences with the goal of inspiring organizations to increase revenue through sales and marketing of different kinds. But she's not only that, she's also an author and uh, has written three books. And in her latest book, The Modern AI Marketeer, she has written more about the story of AI and how that will implicate marketing in many, many ways. So it's a really interesting topic we will talk about today. So with that short introduction, welcome to today's podcast, Pam. Thank you so much, Jacob. It's wonderful to be part of your podcast. Yay! (laughs) From Portland, Oregon. Absolutely fantastic. We're so excited to have you and chat with you today about uh, these extremely important topic for marketeers since uh, the world of marketing is changing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it has been changing in the past 10, 15 years, if you will. And uh, pretty much start with, I would say, Google, right? And with mm-hmm. search to be uh, the central part in terms of how we uh, uh, make um, or discover any kind of topics and uh, using the search starting, you know, Google founded like in 1994. And so search kind of becomes central part of um, everybody's life. Like if we want to find anything, we kind of Googled it and or using any kind of a web platform. And yeah. uh, that somehow um, propelled in terms of the, the formation and the inception of digital marketing. And then from there, it started with SEO and the pay search. And uh, now everything is digital almost. Yeah, that's been a revolution that's been quite extraordinary for marketeers over the last 10, 15 years, as I said. So that would be so interesting now to hear of the next chapter. But before we dive into the topic of AI uh, mm-hmm. for marketing, I would just like to give, if you could give us a little bit of background of your story and how you ended up as an expert in this area. I wouldn't call myself an expert. You know, it's always a continuous learning in the current field of digital marketing. But uh, I started, um, I would say about 20 years ago, but I was not a marketeer or um, as kind of what I call a a marketing major. And uh, my field of a long time ago, I started as a finance and accounting. And I happened to work to work for a big tech company and uh, called Intel. And at that time, um, they actually uh, welcome people move around and uh, try to um, uh, explore a different uh, job functions, if you will. I think uh, way back then, the Andy Grove called it, you own your own employability. So from finance and accounting, I moved to operations, I moved to supply chain management and be on the manufacturing floor for a little while. 
And uh, so I have always been doing stuff on the operation side. And then a manager moved to a marketing field and doing a lot of events, marketing. And then he asked me if I want to do a marketing operations. So it's that natural transition from kind of like a finance and accounting operation to, um, to the, the marketing operations. And then from there, and I started doing the multiple different roles uh, within marketing, eventually, eventually uh, take on a job called um, Global Go-To-Market Plan which is I owned the enterprise segments of a global market plan for Intel. And I, I worked very, very closely with the different marketing functions and also product marketing teams along with the geographies, which is country marketing managers and the geo marketing manager to create a global market plan. And uh, I was doing that for about four or five years and that gave me a great sense in terms of how marketing really work in the tech segments, especially in the global enterprises. That somehow led to uh, me writing a book about global content marketing, um, which is uh, basically I share my experience of, of how to scale content across different regions. And uh, I left Intel about six years ago and I've been doing consulting on my own. And then from in the past six years, <laughs> I wrote about three books. So that's pretty much the highlight of it. And I got interested in marketing technology um, when I started basically um, at Intel, because at a time we have to make a transition from traditional marketing to a digital marketing. And then um, there is a massive efforts within the marketing organization to actually get everybody up to speed in terms of a digital field. That's how uh, things got started uh, for me to understand the MarTech, which is the marketing technology side of things. So that's pretty much kind of like a two or three minute version of my career uh, in sales and marketing. Yeah, so interesting. And I mean, uh, I suppose there's a lot of things you picked up at Intel, one of the world's leading tech companies, all categories. So fantastic uh, background there. And yeah. your last book, The Modern AI Marketer, you're talking about AI and how AI applications is getting more and more uh, common in modern marketing. So mm -hmm. we'll dive into that a bit. Could you start with defining what is AI and uh, in terms of marketing for us? Uh, what is it you're referring to here? <laughs> yes. I think, you know, artificial intelligence, when everybody's thinking about artificial intelligence, they always have this Hollywood version of AI, you know, is the Terminator or is something that's really bad or is uh, it's kind of like a, a, a machines that either compete with humans or have, the, have or that their intelligence has gone wrong. And I think there's, there's always the fear when somebody's saying artificial intelligence. But if you look at um, the artificial intelligence nowadays, it's actually part of our life. But before I talk about it, how that integrate into our lives, and the one thing I want to share with you is a definition of it. The, the definition is actually very simple from my perspective. And uh, just to help everybody uh, understand what artificial intelligence is, there's many definitions out there, but I like Wikipedia's definition. It's really intelligence demonstrated by machines. So mm -hmm. they have a certain level of intelligence and that's not talk about uh, in terms of um, the, that they are destroying or um, 
or helping humans, but can we look at it from the perspective that the artificial intelligence is the intelligence demonstrated by machines, and hopefully they are, it's something good they are doing to actually help us. So mm -hmm. that's one I want to share with you. The second thing, um, really, if you think about it, the artificial intelligence is already part of our lives, especially on the B2C side of things. And um, you know, many people use ways and um, before COVID, <laughs> when we have to drive to come uh, to work, that you know, all of us, not all of us, I'm sorry, many of us use ways to actually find the most efficient and the fastest route to go to work, right? And uh, for the ways to actually do that, there's the algorithms behind the scenes to actually calculate the route to tell you where you should go. And um, if you buy stuff on Amazon and you have Amazon Prime membership, you know that when you buy something, there's a recommendations on the website, on the page, and it recommends something like, oh, you know, you purchased this, you probably will like that. That's also artificial intelligence at work. And when you actually use Google, right, and uh, before you can complete your sentence or the statement that you want to search, Google provides multiple different options that, you know, artificial intelligence, and then it will say buy, blah, 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 or artificial intelligence, definition, artificial intelligence, something else, right? They will actually anticipate what you are going to search. That's also artificial intelligence in work. Mm. So a lot of people, they talk about the fear of artificial intelligence, but if you think about it, it's already weaved into our daily lives on a regular basis, right? And uh, so with that being said, what I want everybody to think about is when you think about artificial intelligence, it's something that already embedded into a software or the applications that we are using already. Therefore, when we think about what artificial intelligence can do, it's what they can do to actually increase our productivities or make our life a little bit easier. Alexa, if you are using that, same thing, right? If you ask questions to series Alexa, pretty much they are finding a way to answer your questions. And, but they are searching and they are trying to anticipate what you're gonna ask and then come up with logical answers for you. That's also artificial intelligence at work. So there are many, many things right now that we, you think that the AI is not here. No, it's already here. And now the question is how it's going to move forward in the future. And when I talk about AI, especially in the sales marketing, it's not really talking about there is a sales robot or the marketing, you know, a robot that's going to take over our job. It's the algorithm, it's the learning behaviors that's embedded into a software that we are using moving forward. However, you know, years from now, it will that morph into a certain kind of uh, human form. That's a completely different stories, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm no. here to talk about how artificial intelligence that's embedded into uh, the applications and the software that to help our jobs, uh, uh, to make our job a whole lot easier. Is that helpful, Jacob? Yeah, that's a great uh, introduction and definition okay. to this area. So absolutely. And uh, I mean, one of your takeaways there is that artificial intelligence is already here. It's already in work in different solutions and software and so on. So um, 
And if you don't use it, you should probably start using software based on those kind of stuff. But uh, what, what would you say is a typical uh, usage of AI in, in a B2B marketing context today, where you can see it actually solves real problems or enhances the productivity in some sense? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, AI can be used in multiple different applications. And um, the way that I want to talk about that, uh, especially on the B2B and the marketing side of thing is let's think about um, like a customer journey, for example, but from marketing side, right? And um, let's use uh, pay ads, Facebook pay ads as an example, or even Twitter pay ads. And a lot of time, if you want to buy any kind of pay, pay ads right now, they have some. They have a category said uh, you have to look. Uh, you have to find look like audience. Basically, you have a specific set of audience you want to go after, right? To sell your products or market your services. And. Uh, in the marketing term, that called buyer's persona. But on the sales side, you probably call them ideal customer profile. They are slightly different, but um, I'm not going to go into that. But you understand that's basically a set of customers, you know, associated with a specific uh, attributes and also demographics that you want to market your product to. And uh, when AI can work very well, and this is just one example, like if you actually have an ideal customer profile or if you have a buyer's persona, right? Identify a specific demographics and specific purchasing attributes. Then you can use that information. You can enter that information and, um, and, the, and the AI can help you find a look-alike audience. Does that make sense? Like, for example, I sell my products um, say to uh, uh, to female and it's a skincare product and uh, for the age between say 25 to 35 but there's a certain kind of a purchasing attributes associated with that mm. and uh, that's use AI to actually find out who are the potential customer that's similar to the one we identify so mm. that is one way to actually have AI helping you identify that right and another example is in the B2B marketing organization is content creation, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, nowadays, a lot of uh, social media uh, tools, um, such as Lately um, or even CoSchedule, they, if you actually enter the link of the, a specific piece of content, it can be a blog post, it can be um, you know, a specific white paper, if you enter a piece of uh, a content with the, with the URL link and um, the machine can actually spill out a proposed copy for you, right? That's another way, basically, using an AI. You don't have to come up with a copy yourself, but the machine can actually come up with a multiple different version of a copy that you can talk about or share this specific piece of content. Of course, machines not 100% intelligent and get everything right. You have to kind of read it and edit it as you see fit, right? That's another way to actually using AI is actually content creation. And uh, because the, another, another, the third option I want to use, again, is more content related. And nowadays with the natural language processing powered, 
they are uh, AI actually have ability and you can use the third party tools to actually look at a piece of graph. Like for example, you show Google stock, uh, uh, stock price in the past 15 years, for example. And uh, there's, you can use AI to look at that graph and come up with three or four bullet points in terms of what that graph is telling you. Mm. Again, the AI can do that work, but once the, the information is spilled out, um, the human needs to look at that information, make sure that it provides uh, the human's judgment to ensure that uh, the data is reflected um, you know, appropriately, if you will. Yeah. So these are some examples that AI can be used to help uh, the B2B marketers. And um, there are so many other ways that you can use AI for. And I always tell my clients or the customers that uh, how to use AI, you have to look at how to, um, you run your marketing and do your marketing within organizations. And then identified uh, what are some of the area that use massive amount of data? That's a starting point. That's not the only point, but it's a starting point. That you use massive amount of data to actually do the job. That's probably the area that you can kind of explore using AI to help you. Is that helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. That's great. Do you, um, well, this is so interesting and there's many different things I would like to <laughs> <laughs> you but, can ask any questions and no, if I have answer, I'm more than happy to help. If not, I will tell you, you know what? I don't know anything <laughs> about that. <laughs> so, one area of interest is, of course, what do you see any trend? Which kind of tasks that are getting more and more automated or, or you know, AI driven that companies probably three years from now won't do anymore? Oh, you know, um, that's actually very hard to answer at these questions. What I have come to realize is um, even though that we are using our mobile phones all the time and we, we do search all the time and we feel that the mobile phone or even the search have been with us, in a, you know, seems like we were born. But the truth is um, the digital marketing is still uh, very young. And uh, the inception of digital marketing, like I said, only started, you know, like in the mid nineties. Mm. So the, if I tell you that uh, five or six years ago, there are many, many companies still did not have their website. You will not believe it. Mm. Even many companies that currently have their websites, they don't necessarily update their website for uh, SEO or um, for a tailor for their customers. Mm. So in terms to answer your questions, you know, will like AI take over and um, uh, a lot of tasks like five or six years from now, that really depends on the company, you know, where the company is based on their digital transformation. Mm. And every company walks that path a little differently. Some, you know, mature so much faster and they get to that destination so much faster, uh, uh, quicker. But some, you know, they just take their time. And what I have discovered is that the, the traditional companies are taking their time because they are traditional. <laughs> Making changes is not that easy for them. And also, if you are established enterprise and uh, you have to buy tools, you have to change your process, you also have to change your uh, mindset 
in terms of how you manage um, you know, the digital transformation. But for younger company, especially for startup, they have no baggage, right? So mm-hmm. when they start a company, they, they started basically with digital in their mind, with their mindset. Yep. So a lot of company, they move substantially faster. That's because they have no baggage. They have no legacy systems they have to worry about. So I personally feel that um, the transition, especially toward uh, leveraging the artificial intelligence, is going to depend on the maturity of the company and also where the company is. So there is not something that AI is going to take over everything all at once. Mm-hmm. However, however, if you look at everybody uses uh, some sort of CRM, customer relationships uh, uh, management tool to actually track a lot of their customer data. If you use a lot of third-party tools like salesforce.com, you know, Salesforce has a feature called Einstein, which is a basically AI-based or artificial intelligence that's embedded into a software. I think the usage of AI is not going to start, the usage of AI within the B2B organization is going to start with the, comp, with the, the third-party tools they are using. Does that make sense? So not everybody will have the, the money and the resources and basically say, oh, I'm going to hire a company or a consulting firm and start running like AI-based modeling. And that's very expensive. Not a lot of companies can afford that. But what a lot of B2B organizations will do is a lot of third-party uh, tools and platform they are using. There's AI embedded into uh, a lot of those tools. The usage of the AI is going to start with those third-party tools. Like Salesforce.com have Einstein built into it. A lot of your uh, social media uh, a syndication platform have AI or algorithms are built into that. You will start using some of those features and slowly that AI will be embedded and weave into the B2B organization. Great. Interesting to see how that will plan out. That will play now. I 100% agree with you. I think so too. Yeah. Okay. So when you work with uh, clients uh, and, and, you know, setting up technology, marketing technology stacks and so forth. Mm-hmm. Where do you help them get starting and, and how do you recommend them what to do uh, kind of investments into technology stacks regarding uh, AI-driven solutions? Is there any strategy or maturity scale or how should you think as a B2B marketing manager? Yes, that's a, actually a very good question. And um, I... I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend I have a perfect answer for that uh, because I myself from time to time is struggling with my own MarTech stack and I'm constantly uh, changing and optimizing my stack um, in terms of what tools I want to use and what tool I should retire. And I think that will always be the case. You know, it's it just like, you know, every Whenever the new iPhone comes out or whenever the new year starts, you always look at your phone and say, oh my God, I have way too many apps. <laughs> I need to reorganize it. Or you download so many apps over along, you know, throughout the whole year. And then by the new year starts, you say, my God, I need to take control of my app. I need to take control of my phone, right? So that same analogy applies on the B2B side, especially the company. Like an average 
an average, an enterprise has more than 90 applications that they use. And 90 is a small number. Chances are it's substantially higher. So understand how the AI or even MarTech stack that play into it from my perspective when I work with the clients. And I always try to build a process or create a workflow. And when I say the workflow is, okay, let's look at your marketing organization structure, right? You have even email marketing, you have media planning, you actually have social media team. Let's look at your marketing structure. Let's also look at how you market your product. For different channel, obviously each company have their process. It doesn't matter if it's a manual process, automated, automated process, there's a process. And I always look at the specific process and document the process first, and then using the process as a way, you, then you sit back, you look at the process and you said, okay, you know, at this stage that um, you, you have a million uh, names on the database for the email marketing. Great, that's a lot of data. Well, how, are you doing any kind of personalizations? Are you planning to do any segmentation for your email campaigns? If you are going to do that, what tools have, are you using right now? Is it helpful? Is it effective? Can we look into what are the tools that we can complement it or what are the tools we can use to make that personalization or segmentation of an email campaign uh, more effective? So a lot of time is looking to the process, build a process, and everybody sit back and look at the process and determine that are there a specific steps or the phases that we can make changes or maximize or using our data a little bit better. Once you started having conversation, identify a specific questions or the issue you want to address, then that start thinking, okay, is existing tool helpful? If not, what can we do? Should we have somebody build a code to build a customized feature? Or should we source a different uh, a, a tools to actually help that? So the best way from my perspective, probably not the best, let me rephrase that. The ideal way to actually look at why you want to use AI or even how you want to uh, modify or optimize your MarTech solution, you have to start from process. Once you understand your process flow, then you identify a specific issue or the question you want to solve. And then from there, naturally, you will start taking a specific steps collectively as a team to solve that problem. So that's usually how I address the issues with my clients. Oh, that's a great process you laid out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's the, 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 the most ideal way. I try multiple different way and approach to that, interviewing and uh, looking to, you know, or looking to the, uh, the, the marketing presentations. But I think the best way is always starting from process. Once you understand the process and you can lay that out, that will drive a productive conversations actually with, uh, with your customers. Oh, that's great. So smart to start there. And then you can fill up with uh, different applications, you know, will solve different steps of that process, I suppose. So yes, perfect. yes, Absolutely. to some extent. Yes, that's correct. A, a more techy question here. Is there any applications or solutions that you think are great tools for marketeers to implement today that you think, well, this is just a fantastic 
solution. This solves so many problems. Or is there any low hanging fruits in other words? <laughs> you know, that's, that's actually, I, people ask me that question many times. And, um, and I, I, you know, in the past, I always like, okay, maybe there are tools out there that can solve uh, many needs. Um, personally, I don't, I don't think there is a tool out there is what I call it, you know, like, uh, uh, like a holy grail uh, solution or the tool that you can use. I, I think at the end of the day, uh, the marketers need to understand what are the problems that you want to solve. Mm. Because there are so many tools out there, they solve different needs, right? If you think about it, why are we downloading so many mobile apps over the year? Yeah. That's because we downloaded um, some mobile app to help us take notes. We download another mobile app to actually help us do our accounting. We download another mobile app to do something. So there's the, the, all the tools nowadays, they all have specific functions. And, uh, but many company, they will try to position that their tool is one size fits all and it's end-to-end solutions. What I have come to realize by working with many clients is there is no one size fits all and that there is end-to-end solutions. And depending on what you want to solve and every company's processes and also questions or the issues they, they're facing are slightly different. Even though they are all looking to, oh, we need to find our customers, but how they want to find their customers, how they want to nurture their customers, everybody does differently. Does that make sense? So for example, like if I want to uh, find my customers, but because I'm a traditional marketers, I always do events. I always go to conferences. Then your process is very, very different because you always go to the uh, conferences. You always go to events. However, if a, a startup, right, Whoopi Parker, for example, that's a B2C, sorry about that. But they are very digital. They, the way they, 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 they nurture or find their customer is through email campaigns. So, and they constantly clean up their data. And with that, their whole process will be slightly different. So to answer your question, I wish I had that tool that I can share with you and your audience and say, okay, buy such and such product. But at the end of the day, it still comes to what is the problem you want to solve. Mm -hmm. And in terms of low-hanging fruit, um, again, I don't have a specific answer for that. It depending on, you know, what is the channel you are using to, to communicate and the market your product and services. As much as I want to provide a specific answer, which is most of the time I want to, but for this specific questions, I hate saying this, it depends. Jacob, <laughs> I know that's not what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it was a try to see if you would, uh, you know, recommend a, a specific solution. But I think that was a smart answer you gave us. So definitely yeah. okay. And I, uh, that is of course uh, the correct answer. It depends. Depending. It depends. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I'm, I'm sure we will see a lot of new software vendors uh, coming with, coming up with new innovative solutions over the coming years in this space. So definitely. Uh, there will probably be a lot of exciting uh, products that marketeers will invest in in the coming future. But uh, it is in the beginning, though. I, I'll probably. Oh, yeah. 
completely. <laughs> this is literally a very beginning of the how artificial intelligence will bloom mm-hmm. and um, in the future. And you can, the, the couple things I, I'm sharing with you, the lookalike, uh, finding the lookalike audience. And uh, there's a lot of um, chatbot nowadays um, that being, um, you know, placed either on the face, uh, inside the Facebook um, or even on your website. And mm-hmm. the many of a chatbot actually have intelligence built into it to anticipate your questions and then source the content that's necessary to present to you. And uh, so it's uh, chatbot is another way that, that you can see a lot of algorithms and the machine learning that will build into it. And um, again, um, another thing is the pay media. Like if you actually, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, ad tech uh, platforms, they can actually sell and buy uh, the media properties on your behalf automatically. So that uh, the, the machines uh, will be embedded into a lot of those ad tech media buying um, capacities and the future and the, and the, uh, and the futures. Mm. And, you know, there are any, basically on any phases of a marketing, there's always something that you can do to actually incorporate uh, the artificial intelligence, even including gifting. For example, there is a, um, a platform called Alice. Uh, I think it's A-L-Y-C-E. Let me see. It's, uh, if you type A-L-Y-C-E, um, you will see that it's AI power personal gifting. And basically, a lot of time, the salespeople, they have a hard time, or the marketers have a hard time come up with a, a gift, a holiday gift they want to give to their potential accounts or the customers. And the Alice is AI power personal gifting. You can enter the person's uh, social media profiles and they can, the, the AI or the machine can make a recommendation in terms of what kind of gifts that they should purchase for their potential customers or their existing customers. So there are so many ways that you can use AI. I mean, even coming up with uh, the ideas or the gifts that you want to, uh, you want to, uh, you want to present to your customers. So like I said, many ways to leveraging AI, again, depends on what kind of problems you want to solve. Great examples you bring up there. And uh, so fascinating to see how uh, gifting. <laughs> I know, that. exactly. In the future. So you're going to get a gift from someone else. Who is actually gifting? Who is actually give, uh, providing ideas? Well, it's the robot. Fantastic. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, yeah. Maybe maybe we have uh, uh, recipients for gifts uh, as well, robot advised, so so we can take care of all the gifting we will be. Oh <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, fantastic future there. Uh, yeah, this has been so interesting to discuss, uh, Pam, and you have so much to share in this area, this complex uh, topic, yeah, which I know a lot of people have a lot of respect for because it's so high tech with uh, yeah. artificial intelligence. So I suppose. Uh, uh, a lot of companies are a little bit, ooh, is this killing us or can we use it? Or, you know, there's a lot of fears, but also anticipation and, and maybe opportunities in this area as well. So you have really unpacked that for us in, in such a great way and uh, answered a lot of questions around this. But unfortunately, we have to wind down now, even though we had such a good talk here, because the time is, is a little certainly, bit... Certainly, certainly, yes. Yeah. So... 
I know our listeners is more than interested to buy your book and get more of your content. So where can we send them to find more about you? Excellent. So uh, you can always find me on all social media channels except TikTok. <laughs> I have a TikTok account, but I'm not. I'm not a very good dancer, so I'm not like present myself actually on TikTok. But you can pretty much reach out to me on any um, social media channels, and uh, um, everything I, I I'm doing is always drive the sales and marketing alignments, but looking at how to support sales from a marketer's perspective. You can find my books on amazon.com if you are interested. But if you have any specific questions, reach out anytime. Oh, perfect, Pam. Uh, I'll make sure that we have your, your book linked in our show notes as well. So uh, thank you so much for um, joining us in this podcast today. And I wish you all the best with your future uh, things you will uh, do and new books you will write in this interesting topic. So thank you so much for your time today, Pam. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it, Jacob. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.